Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hi, everyone. I'm Anna. And I'm Ashley. And today we're going to be talking about going slightly greener. No, I don't mean fully green, just slightly. What does that mean? So full disclaimer, Anna and I are both former producers and journalists for an energy and environmental TV show. So we know a small thing or two about going green, or at least we think we do. But our guest knows so much more, and that's why we're so excited to have her on. Tanya Harris is an award-winning environmental toxin expert, a board-certified holistic nutritionist, and author of the incredible new book, which I have a copy of, The Slightly Greener Method, Detoxifying Your Home is Easier, Faster, and Less Expensive Than you think. Tanya, welcome to the show. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you. Excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Tanya, before we dive into your story, let's set the stage here. What does it mean to be slightly greener? And how is that different from growing all out green? I love that question so much because I really think that going slightly greener, it, it takes the perfection and the need to be perfect out of it. It takes out the overwhelm. It's really about those small steps that we can take incrementally that can have bigger changes that actually are more sustainable over time. Because if we go aggressively green, like I did when I first started out, it's almost it's too hard. much to handle. Yeah, it, it, it's hard. It's so hard. So if we realize that, wow, if we just take it step by step, because I know me personally, I'm good at seeing the big picture and thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do the whole house. I don't see those little steps that it really takes. And then I felt like, okay, if I can do this and I can do that for a little while and it fits my lifestyle, then I can go on and do the next step. And it makes it much more doable and you're still having a big impact on your health. I, this is, this feels good to me and hopefully our listeners too, because I'm all about baby steps. I have that written down somewhere on a post-it note in front of me. And I think that that's such a, a better approach for especially like busy moms, like in which you are, um, because we're already overwhelmed. We're already overwhelmed with yes. kids and work and school. And so it's like, oh my God, I want to go green. I want to eat cleaner, use cleaner products, but it just seems overwhelming. Um, And we're going to have you teach us where to start. But before we do that, Tanya, why don't you share a little bit more about your story? Why did you decide to go slightly greener? Well, I think it started way back in 2006, but maybe back in 1982, actually, (laughs) Um, because I was diagnosed as a uh, uh, childhood leukemia back in 1982. Okay. Yeah, right before I turned seven. And so... That, of course, can affect everything after that. <laughs> but basically, I was really told Absolutely. to be, um, be careful what I eat. That just always stuck in my head. That was always what I was told. So in 2006, when my son was in second grade, the teacher had called me in for a meeting to say that they had seen some attention issues with him, which I had seen at home, so it wasn't a surprise. But something in me said I wasn't ready to test yet, and I don't know what it was. But then I had that voice in the back of my head thinking, be careful what you eat. So I was wondering if there was something in our home that was contributing to his symptoms. So I asked for just a couple weeks and I went home and I researched a bunch of things online, which wasn't as easy to do back then. But I mean, I did a lot of research and found that things like um, artificial colors and sodium benzoate, Mm -hmm. those were the two ingredients that I personally took out of his diet, 
those can contribute to attention or behavior issues. And once I removed those, when I went back to the school a few weeks later, they didn't want to test him anymore. Wow. So oh, that's great. Him, yeah, I was so excited. We didn't cure him. We still see all the, you know, the symptoms still to this day. He's 23. <laughs> but we did lessen the symptoms enough that he was able to concentrate for longer periods in school. Oh, and from there, I just realized it's not just what we put on our bodies. It's what we put in our bodies. Or it's not just what we put in our bodies. It's what we put on our bodies and also the air we breathe in our home. So around our bodies also. And then I realized that things weren't always natural like they claim to be on the right. Lake. So I just really wanted to dig in deeper. You you talk a lot in your book about micro habits. Can you talk to us about those and what those are? Sure. Those are the habits that can really lead to the big changes over time. So what I did was when I first started out, I started out way too strong. I was throwing yeah. away everything yeah. in my pantry, all the cleaning products. And then I kind of sat there going, what am I going to replace this with? I mean, it's, it can be expensive. You know, I drove myself crazy. I drove my family crazy. So what I realized was, what if I just concentrated on those small things that I can control first, rather than trying to memorize all these labels and what they mean and all these ingredients I want to avoid? Instead of memorizing everything, start with, why don't I just start with the ones that have to do with ADHD or behavior and attention issues? And that's where I started. Then I only had to concentrate mainly on food at first and only a couple ingredients. So I just started there. And then I started just with my food and worked my way up to personal care products and then cleaning products. And so it was just those things that I did really quickly, but slowly too, because they were just one small step at a time. But pretty soon I realized I had a pretty decently detoxified house. So you mentioned something earlier about a lot of those products that you said um, that you thought were clean, but that were not. How can we, as just regular people, learn or know how, what is clean and what isn't clean? Mm-hmm. That's such a tough question. And honestly, that's why I wrote my book, because it's so confusing and labels can be so misleading. Yes. You can natural on the label and that doesn't mean anything or number one pediatrician recommended that doesn't really hold much weight either. So um, it's really up to us as consumers to educate ourselves and know what's in these products because it can be really confusing out there. Yeah. So like, where do we start, Tanya? Like for, for our listeners at home who are like, okay, this, this feels good. This feels safe. This feels like I can accomplish this. What's step one to becoming slightly greener? Okay, I think my first step is um, I kind of created a a read method is what I call it. So I want to break it down into four steps because I always get asked, what's the biggest thing we can do Mm -hmm. to have the biggest effect in our home? So I kind of did four steps because I think, you again, you can start here or you can do all these steps or just start out with one or two, move at your own pace. But the one thing I really think that um, it's really easy to start is to... um, replace plastics in the kitchen. So the read method is R-E-A-D, and R is to replace plastics in the kitchen. And that's because they can be full of chemicals um, such as phthalates and BPA, which are linked to hormone disruption, which are chemicals that can come into our bodies and cause our hormones to over or underproduce, or they can block or mimic hormones too. Um, Phthalates are also linked to lower IQ in children, and BPA is linked to behavior issues. So if we're putting hot food into plastic food storage containers, those plastic chemicals can leach into the food. 
same thing if we put them in the dishwasher. So I believe that if we can just replace plastic in our kitchen, that's one quick and easy win we can do. And again, if you're like me and you opened your pantry and you're like, oh, I have so many plastic food storage containers, um, slightly greener swap is to just go in and replace one or two of your most used sizes at a time. Same thing if you have plastic cooking utensils, just your top one or two most used and replace those first. What about people who have like young children and glass is not a good alternative for plastic? That's a great question too. Um, I, there's a lot of good things you can do with that. Actually, one company that I like um, has silicone wrapped around their baby bottles and around glass mm-hmm. and also their food storage containers. So that's a great thing because I have dropped those. They do not break. Okay, <laughs> um, that's, good. that's good. Yeah. You can also do stainless steel is another good option too. Mm-hmm. And then um, when it comes to BPA-free, if you see something that is BPA-free, but it's still plastic, that's not necessarily a safer option. So that's because bisphenol A, which is BPA, a lot of companies will go in and they'll use a substitute such as bisphenol S or bisphenol F. And those have been shown to have the same hormone disrupting effects as BPA. So eliminating, is this also like plastic cups too? It is. Yep. Reusable water bottles and plastic cups. If you can find a better substitution like glass or stainless steel for reusable ones, that's a great option too. I got to tell you, this sounds like a lot of work. I got to get rid of all my stuff. But it's it really is inspiring. Like, even just hearing you talk, Tanya, to me, it's inspiring because I'm like, okay, today maybe I'll take, like, two of the most used plastic containers in my kitchen and then just replace them with glass. Yeah, and it does sound like a big undertaking. But, again, it's just replacing your top one or two most used. So if your kids have plastic cups, just slowly replacing those over time. And the good news, too, is there's so many companies out there who are responding to us wanting these safer products. And also, one thing I like to do, too, is just look for sales. Or if you find a company that you like, sign up for their newsletter, and then they'll usually give you a discount. So um, that's a great idea to do for um, glass storage containers. I've done that a lot. So that way it saves you money, but also it makes it quick and easy to replace them. So then, okay, so that's read. So we're going to replace. What's next? Okay, E is eat organic as often as possible. And that's because a lot of pesticides can act, again, as hormone disruptors, so they can come in and disrupt our body's hormones, which, especially for children, at certain times of development, that's just really, you know, can be harmful for adults, too. Um, So if you can eat organic as often as possible, the good news is, is in as little as a few days, those pesticide levels in your body can drop dramatically. Can you tell me, like... I don't, how, how can I, and I don't know if you know this, maybe you just have to like, you know, um, focus on the, the farms that you know, because how can I be sure that when they say they're organic, they're really organic? Like there's nothing in the law that says you can't, I mean, well, there is, but people lie all the time, right? So how can I be sure? Well, if you're at the store, they have a PLU sticker. And if it starts with the number nine, it's organic. So oh, okay. if it's number four, it's conventionally grown with pesticides. So I always try to remember if it starts with a nine, it's fine. Just to kind oh, of keep okay. it in yeah. hand. But it really is a good idea to go to those farmers markets and get to know the farmers and know where the crops are grown. And that will help dramatically as well. Okay. That's such a great, I, I, I like nine is fine. I'm going to remember That's that right. on my trip, trip to Costco. <laughs> okay, okay, now we're at A, right? A, mm-hmm. A is avoid artificial fragrance. 
So that one-term fragrance can actually be made up of dozens and dozens of different chemicals. And the word fragrance itself is considered to be a trade secret. Their formulas are. So companies are not required to disclose what those ingredients are that make up fragrance. So there's different things that are allergenic. Some of those ingredients are linked to um, brain and nervous toxicity, brain and nervous system toxicity. Um, There's so many different things. We don't know exactly what is in that term. So that's anything from what we scent our homes with, like candles or plug-in air fresheners. It can be even in our personal care beauty products and cleaning products. So if we can avoid anything that's got fragrance, or we can look for something that is scented with essential oils, that's a great alternative, mm-hmm. then that's much better. And they've even done some studies and linked um, homes with that use spray air fresheners actually have 25% more depression. Whoa. Really? Wow. Crazy. And And like, okay, so I'm a candle lover. I I like had my candle lit behind me. I think the one behind me is safe. How do we tell, like, I I think moms like candles. Like, how do we tell, like, where we get our safe candles from? Right. Well, I love candles too. This was one of the hardest things for me to do (laughs) because I love, especially in the fall, but there's so many good alternatives out there now. So if we can look for something that's made with beeswax or has a lead-free wick, and again, scented with essential oils, that's a great option. We can also diffuse essential oils. And a lot of times we can come up with our own combinations that smell similar to those fall candles that I love. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Are there and any, not, not, I don't, not that I want you to like promote anything, but are there any kind of um, mainstream places where we can go to find some of these things you're talking about, some of these candles you're talking about? Because I think that that's important to that, especially with busy, busy working moms, mm-hmm. parents, you know, um, is there a way that we can, or is there a place, a site, some place we can go to kind of fight, figure out where some of these things are so that we all don't have to do the same research over and over and over again? Well, I have a list of resources in the back of my book of all the safer products that I recommend. Um, And some of my favorite brands are Pure Plant Therapy, and that's a coconut oil-based candle. And then another one is Blue Corn Beeswax, but you can find a list in the back of my book with the safer products. Oh, well, I am going to be looking at that. Yeah, it's like one-stop, like slightly greener shopping guide. (laughs) Yes, definitely, definitely. Okay, so we got through R-E-A-D. D. Yep. And D is the one people don't like to hear because it's dust. <laughs> and so, but again, I'm all about the micro habits and <laughs> creating a healthy home that fits our lifestyle. So it doesn't mean dusting every single day, every area of our house and driving ourselves crazy. But household dust is actually one of the biggest exposures to toxins in our home. Mm-hmm. So a study at George Washington University found that it has, um, it can have flame retardant chemicals, which again can be linked to brain and nervous system toxicity or hormone disruptors. Um, lead has been found in common household dust, probably from things we bring in on our shoes. And then phthalates, which are chemicals added to plastics to make them softer. So they're in so many different things like shower curtains, flooring, um, so many of our products that act as hormone disruptors also. So if we can just dust to those areas where our family spends the most time and maybe concentrate on those daily or every other day, but especially if we have children that crawl on the floor, we want to make sure to keep those areas dust-free because they children are so much more closer, closely tied to their environment. So if they're sticking their hands in their mouths or their toys, they can really be getting a lot of toxic exposure that way. But then 
in the other areas of the home, if we can just keep up on the dust as we would normally, then we don't have to do the entire house all the time. What are your ways to keep up on the dust? Because like, and I'm, I'm going to just tell a quick story. Like, so I didn't realize how much dust was affecting me until I decided to do something about it. And I got an air purifier and a negative ion like machine. And it's like this mm-hmm. big thing. I, like now I dust regularly, but I also use that every single day in my bedroom. And I, it has changed the way that I breathe. It has changed my sinuses. I used to have like these, like get, wake up with swollen eyes every single day. I no longer. So like, that's my way. I'm curious for your thoughts on my way, Tanya, but like, what's, what's ways do you recommend that people eliminate dust in their homes? Well, the good news for that too, is that if you dust some of these areas more frequently, your house overall becomes less dusty. So I've really been able to cut down on the dust by doing that. So that's a good motivation (laughs) that I needed when I first started, but I just do um, a wet mop once a day in my kitchen and in my family room. It's really quick and easy to just do that really fast. And then I just wipe down the areas. So if you can damp mop and damp dust. So I'm not always a fan of dry dusting or sweeping because that can actually just move the dust around. So what I recommend is dry dust or damp mopping or damp dusting. And then that way you're actually picking up the dust and then vacuuming with a HEPA filter. That's another good yes. step. So I just do that a couple times. And it's, it really is fast because I just concentrate mainly on those areas where we spend the most time. Mm-hmm. I keep a vacuum in our upstairs closet so that um, you know I can do the bedrooms really fast. And just by doing those few areas you know, every other day, it has really cut down on our dust overall. Wow. And like, like, what are some of like, what happens when you cut down on dust? Like, do a lot of people have experiences like I do? Like, like, clears out your sinuses, like, I don't know, like, tell us about like the benefits of cutting back on dust. Exactly. That's exactly one of the things. And I have almost the same story. I have the sinus issues too and allergies. And so we've noticed a big difference too, even in our sleep. Mm. So that's probably the biggest thing. So again, um, my allergy symptoms have lessened. Um, so have my kids, but also we're sleeping better at night, probably because we're not so congested, but it just feels better in our home too. Yeah, that is so important. We we did a podcast not long ago on sleep, so we all know. <laughs> and I can tell you how how important sleep is. Yeah, how do you feel about air purifiers, Tanya, and like those negative ion purifiers? Or is that like a fad? Do they really work? Or like, what are your thoughts there? Well, I'm really just starting to dig in on the research on those, but I I am a fan. I have three of them right now in my house. <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah, trying different ones out. Um, I put one in the basement because um, my son's bedroom is actually down there. He's 23. So he's got the basement. <laughs> he's got allergies. So I put one down there and then one for every level of our house. And it really has seemed to make a difference, especially when you clean out those filters. I mean, I'm like, oh, it is grabbing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how that's, yeah, it's been, this is a good reminder that I should be mopping more and because we have all hardwood floors everywhere up and down. Um, and those get so dusty. You just, you never realize how much dust you have until you stop mopping your floors because we have, we the only carpet is in our basement. So, mm-hmm. and we have a dog. So oh, yeah. There's just dander is all over and you can see it because I have dark hardwoods. Yeah. Me too. I'm like, I just did it yesterday. Where's this coming from? (laughs) So what are you you mopping with? Like, cause there's so many things like that, like products out there for mopping. I'm assuming they're not safe. I mean, like (laughs) what, so are you just saying like get a wet, like mop and go or like, what do you put in it? 
you can do that. But I have something that I have used and I am starting to recommend it all the time because I think it's one of the coolest products I've ever seen. So what I use is electrolyzed water. And this is something I started looking at last year, but it's a countertop device that you put, just you set on your kitchen counter. It's only a few inches high. I don't know how many inches, maybe eight inches high. (laughs) And um, you pour water into it. And then they have a capsule of vinegar, salt, and water. And you put that into the machine and an electrical current comes up. So without a whole bunch of chemistry, (laughs) because I still don't understand it, it turns water into a disinfectant and a cleaner. Wow. So yeah, you can use it to clean surfaces and then you can go back and even disinfect once you spray again and let it sit. But it's rated um, to fight coronavirus. It's on the EPA's list N to fight COVID. It's rated for ICUs and schools. And so um, I haven't bought a cleaning product in a really long time, I think over a year because I use this for everything. And I pour it into my mop where the cleaner would actually sit. I just pour that in there and I clean and it actually comes out I'm very sensitive to bleach. I don't really use it, but it's got a really light chlorine bleach smell, but I have no problem with it because it's just so light. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's such a cool thing. So you can clean and disinfect with it. And that's what I use to clean wow. with and for, for floors too. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, okay. I'm going to that. Yeah. Definitely going to try that. It's so true. Okay. So we did the read method. So what about like this, the other thing is like, I feel like we've been hoodwinked when it comes to marketing for green products. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you can relate to that. There's so many quote unquote safe products. What are those safe products that we need to be avoiding? Like when things say natural, you know, like what, what are like some terms and products that, that are that claim to be safe that aren't? Oh, there's so many. I think natural is one of the biggest ones. Um, I think number one, pediatrician recommended, dermatologist recommended. Those aren't always what they what they mean. Um, and again, it, it's so confusing to navigate. So I'd be on the lookout for those, especially. Another thing that's surprising is sometimes you can see something that says made. Um, it's paraben free or a phthalate free. But you can look at that and be like, oh, good, it doesn't have parabens. I'm going to buy it. But then you look on the back and you're like, oh, no, (laughs) if you know what to look for. There's so many other things. So just because it says it's formulated without something doesn't mean that there's other things. Well, what should we be on the lookout for? Um, That's a tough one. (laughs) Is this where I go back? Is this a killer question? (laughs) What would you be on the lookout for, Tanya? Like. Sorry, this one's just a big question because it's like so many different things. Yeah. Um, I would say those things I just said, but then do you want me to name ingredients? Is that what you're looking for here? Or do you want me to just say? Well, well, you you said, you know, we should be, you know, if if you know what to look for, be on the lookout for. It says this thing, and that's what I should be on the lookout for. But are there hidden secret? I mean, what are the the killer products that, you know, like you said, uh, pediatrician recommended? That's probably not the best thing that you would always go on. So if it says I can't, you know, I look at, what did you say? PBA free? Is that what you said? I can't remember anymore, but PBA free, but you look on the back and you say, Oh, look, there's something else right there. And you can just see it. What, what should I be on the lookout for? If it says that, are there certain killer ingredients that we need to stay away from completely in your opinion? So for instance, you might look on a label and it says paraben free, but then when you turn it over, it can have some ingredients, again, like fragrance we had talked about that yeah. isn't always optimal. Right. Or it could have things like, which also means it could have phthalates also because phthalates are in fragrance. 
So there's also hidden toxins. So this is going into another whole can of worms, but this is again <laughs> why I wrote my book because it's so hard to navigate some of these label claims. Absolutely. But if you see something like DMDM hydantoin on the back of a label, that's a formaldehyde releaser. So it's a preservative that actually is releasing formaldehyde into the product over time. It's crazy. So while, it is. So while there's not actually formaldehyde in the product, you're getting exposed to it slowly in little amounts. Right. Um, and another thing that companies will commonly say is, well, we're coming in below the recommended safety levels. You know, we're not near that. But the thing is, we're getting multiple exposures of it per day, most likely through some of our products. I have a question on all this, Tanya. It mm-hmm. is shocking to me that this is all legal in the U.S. Like formaldehyde being released. How is that legal? I know Europe has much stricter regulations than the U.S. does. But like, what are your thoughts on this Like, actually being allowed into our products that we put in our body? I know. It's so hard to believe. And actually, I was doing research, too, on toxins in school supplies. And you can have asbestos in school supplies. <laughs> There's no law regulating the amount of asbestos in children's products. It's just, I it floors me that, <laughs> that they can get away with this. Yeah. And especially formaldehyde. We know that formaldehyde causes cancer. So we wouldn't buy a product that has it, but we could be if we don't know what to be on the lookout for on the label. So it does absolutely floor me that they can contain these. Yeah. It's, and because I know like in Europe, it's much stricter. Like I've done my little mm-hmm. slightly green, greener research in that sense that like there's certain products in the U.S. that are not allowed in Europe because of their content. And I'm just like, why can't we, what is wrong with us that we can't like hop on board with this for our safety and our health and our children? Oh, yeah. And the same thing with the artificial colors that I took out of my son's diet when he had the attention issues. In Europe, they actually have a safety a warning label on those foods that have it. And it says this may cause hyperactivity or I think I think it was hyperactivity or behavior issues. There's a warning on it, but we don't have that here in the U.S. And some of those artificial colors they don't even have over there. They've replaced them. Wow. So, yeah. 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 Need to we need yeah, to change over here. US uh needs to jump on board. I mean, that's that's bottom line here. But yeah. but I think like with what you're doing, Tanya, it's so great because it really does all start in the home and it starts by taking those baby steps that your book outlines that are so doable, so digestible. So why don't you tell our listeners, like, where can we get more information about you? Where can we get your incredible book? Tell us more of that there. You can find me at slightlygreener.com and on Instagram at slightlygreener. And then my book is available anywhere books are sold. And what's the name of it? What's the title of it? The Slightly Greener Method. Detoxifying your home is easier, faster, and less expensive than you think. Everyone listening, definitely pick up a copy. It's so digestible. It is not overwhelming coming from an overwhelmed mom. I have been taking baby steps in my kitchen. I actually recently got rid of um, paper towels just because I just feel like we don't need to be wasting paper. So I replaced them recently with cloth and it's been awesome. So like little baby steps and it actually makes me feel really good too. So thank you, Tanya, for all of this. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It's really, really been eye-opening and really informative. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for keeping talking and thank you for talking with us. Thank you so much for having me.
All right, All right bye, listeners. listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.